Hi, hello, and welcome to Eat, Play, Laugh, the podcast that's all about going on a self-care journey to nourish your body, exercise your mind, and uplift your soul. I'm your host, Debbie Messenger, your self-care guide and guru. Each week, I'll be coming to you on Wednesdays. We'll do some introspective examinations (laughs) and inner channel tuning with the goal of shifting you into a higher vibrational frequency. Frequency. That's a lot of words. (laughs) All things essential for joyful living. Are you ready? Then come on. Let's get this journey started. Let's talk about dieting. Let's talk about dieting. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about dieting. Dieting. Welcome back, listeners. I am so enjoying our time together each week. And in today's episode, we're going to dive deep into discussions about dieting. I'll share some tips that I've learned along the way as someone who has been on a diet probably all of my life, you can say, starting from the age of like 12 or 13 years old. So I don't know if you can relate, but I was definitely the fat kid, you know, the one in the family that everybody kind of called the garbage disposal. That was because if you left something on your plate, I'd ask you are you going to eat that? And if you weren't, then I would ask, um, can I have it? (laughs) Type situation. I've always had this kind of like love hate relationship with food. I love it because I love to cook and I love to feed others. It is my love language. It is how I tell you that I care about you when I'm in the kitchen creating recipes and then serving you. There's like an art to being a chef, you know, and um, that goes along with the creative side of me because I do love making art. Anyways, I digress as usual. <laughs> but yeah, so gathering around the table, I think is also, as I mentioned before in another episode, kind of like a cultural thing. This gathering around the table and having conversations and socializing and having that intimacy with your family and your friends. So again, the object is food and it's centered around food. (laughs) And I was always kind of chunky, never really outgrew that baby fat. And I was kind of what we call a thick girl. Can you relate to that? I don't know if you can relate to that either, but basically it's like having big bones. And so even at my lowest weight, which was probably, I don't know, 135, maybe 140, I think that even at that weight, I was wearing like a size 10 and I was healthy and I looked really good, but I was never, I've never experienced in my life, like being pencil thin. I tend to be someone who probably carries the weight a lot better than most because of being big bone, you can't really tell like when we would go to like, you know how you go to the carnival and they would have like the the guy's going to guess your weight or your age thing. I would always do both because they would never be able to figure out either one. (laughs) I was 15 and he was like, you're like 22. (laughs) I didn't know if I should be like mad at that or 
or like, Ooh, this guy thinks I'm older, you know, I don't know. It was kind of like one of those things all the time. It would be like, Oh, who's the mom? Who's the sister? You know, I'm sure my mom felt really good about that. <laughs> I can appreciate it now that I'm older because, you know, I'm a 50 plus girl. And so today, if, you know, if they would say that to me, I would totally take it. I would love it. Um, but anyway, so, so that would be like the age thing. I always, uh, when I was younger, I always looked older or acted kind of more mature for my age. No one could ever quite guess my age. And then also I was, you know, well endowed and developed at an earlier age. So all of that, they could never really guess my age. They would never get that right. But then on the other side of that was also like, you know, let's get your weight thing. And I think because I am big boned or thick, a thick girl, I carried the weight well. So it didn't, you didn't realize how heavy I was until I like got on the scale type thing. So it's kind of deceiving, but I don't know why I went off on that. Tangent. But let's, let's, let me get back on track. Let me circle back. Let me circle back. So I was trying to say, I probably carry the weight a lot better than most because of being big bone. Now, when I was in my late thirties, early forties, that's probably when I was my heaviest and I was like nearing 300 pounds. So I like started doing all these diets trying to figure out how I was going to lose the weight because my doctor was like, listen, if you don't get this weight under control, you're going to be on blood pressure medicine for the rest of your life. You know, you could possibly end up having a heart attack or a stroke. And that just could not happen. At that time, my kids were little and I was like, no, my kids need me. You know, they're teenagers now and I'm still concerned. Like I still... Uh, and trying to be healthy as I can and because I want to be a good role model as well as I want to still be here for my kids and my family. I still care about the weight. I still have a ways to go. I only ended up losing about close to 50 pounds and I, I've been able to maintain and keep those off, those pounds off. And it's been about five years um, since I started keto. Now, that's one of the things that I've learned or one of the points that I would like to make is that we need to shift from saying dieting, and I guess this will be my first point, that instead of saying, I'm going on a diet, instead try saying, I'm making a lifestyle change. Because when we look at it as a lifestyle change as opposed to a diet, then our mind, which remember, our mind or our brain is built to protect us, right? So back in the caveman days, this was a tool for survival. Our minds were there to help us to survive. But we've come a long way, baby, <laughs> since those times. But our brains are still stuck in that mode of survival and protection. So now when we say diet, the brain thinks, uh-oh, things are going to be restricted right? Or, oh no, we're going to, we're not going to be able to eat those chips. Or for my friends with the sweet tooth, we're not going to be able to have the cookies or the cake or the ice cream after dinner. Those types of things. And it really doesn't have to be that way. One of the things that I've learned in making a lifestyle change is that you just want to switch over to something that's healthier for you. That's going to uh, make for easier digesting or work with your dige digestive system. Ugh, it's like a tongue twister. <laughs> anyway, basically the, the main thing is avoiding processed foods and things like that, right? So 
when we make a lifestyle change, one of the things that we're doing is we're eating healthier. We're moving away from processed foods and we're eating more whole foods. So it's just kind of a, a mind shift, like I said, and we have to start thinking to ourselves, how can I still enjoy the things that I like, but in a more healthier, helpful manner that will allow me to get rid of the weight that I need to lose? So it's like asking yourself a question. It's becoming curious. It's that putting yourself into a mode of discovery instead of a mode of survival, right? Of having the restriction of I'm on a diet or I'm going on a diet. And so that means I can't have quote unquote, because that's what dieting really is. It's, it's making restrictions. So listeners, are you with me? Are you following me so far? We're making lifestyle changes instead of saying we're going on a diet. (laughs) All right, let's move on to point number two, the types of food that we eat is really important. And what I've learned by doing keto for these last five years is that some of the foods that we cannot eat are going to include white sugar and white flour. Our bodies are not meant to digest these kinds of foods. So let's start with the white sugar. We can still have sweetness, right? Nobody's going to take that away from you. We can still enjoy the desserts and the cookie treats or if we need to use sugar for our coffee or, you know, this to sweeten up our tea, you can still do that with a sugar, what I like to call an alternative, not a substitute. And the difference is a substitute to me are those sweeteners that come in those pretty pastel colors of blue, pink, and yellow, if you catch on to what I'm saying here. So to me, that's a substitute. And those are no, 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 no bueno. They're not helpful. They're very harmful to our bodies because those are processed and chemically filled or infused. We should not be using those sugar substitutes at all. Our bodies cannot break those down. They cannot digest those those sugar substitutes. I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you because I have been doing this dieting thing, like I said, almost all my life. So since about the age of 12 was when I started my first diet and um, I'm 52. So basically that's 40 years. I think I'm an expert. (laughs) I think I'm an expert on dieting. Okay. I think I can tell you a thing or two about what we can do and what we should not do. (laughs) But anyway, eating or using those kinds of substitutes is not what we should be doing. Instead, I'd like to say we should use an alternative. So a plant-based sweetener like monk fruit or pure erythrol or stevia. These are plant-based sugars. They're natural. They come from our earth and they can be easily absorbed into our, or by our bodies. And that's the change that you can make with your lifestyle change. Or, or I brought up the point about white flour. It's kind of the same concept. Here again, our body cannot break it down. It's not a food that can be digested well. And so instead, we should use like sprouted grains. Again, another like plant-based type of flour. So almond flour, coconut flour. If you really can't use any of those, or let's say you've got some allergens or allergies or something like that, 
um, then if you are going to go with a white flour, I would just um, kind of implore you to maybe try using a gluten-free flour then. So then, because it's the gluten that is what's harmful or the part that can't be digested by the body. Let's say you're going to use condiments. A lot of the condiments are so high in sugar. Why not make your own? Let's take mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. When I was a kid, I used to eat mayonnaise and toast. <laughs> that was my afternoon snack. I don't know. I just liked, like bread and butter. I liked toasted bread with mayonnaise. <laughs> so one of the easiest things to make, instead of purchasing it, just make your own. It's five simple ingredients. It's eggs, oil, and let me tell you, we've got to be careful about our oil too. Trying to stay away from like vegetable oil, canola oil, corn, and instead you could use like a high fat oil like avocado oil or coconut oil or olive oil. Those are really three good oils. Um, sunflower oil, again, made from sunflower seeds, really good for you. So eggs and oil lemon juice, a little bit of sea salt, or you could use kosher salt. I like to use um, just plain sea salt for, for the mayo. For other recipes, I use the pink Himalayan and then Dijon mustard. So those five ingredients, you put them all together, you use your blender wand, and within 30 to 45 seconds, you've got mayo. No added sugars, no extra processing, it makes you a, about a one, half to one cup batch. You use that up and then you just make more as you need it. This can last up to a week in the refrigerator. So I will provide you with a recipe in the show notes or you can um, direct message me for the actual recipe, I should say. And yeah, see things like that. Like we just, we just have to, I know it's kind of hard, right? We, we think. We don't have the time for prepping and all this other stuff. But really, that might take you about 10 to 15 minutes. If that, I mean, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm trying to, to guess. I, it probably takes me about seven minutes, I think, total from cutting the lemon, you know, and all this, getting all, gathering all of the things. If it does take me that long, I think seven minutes might even be too long, but my point is, we think we don't have the time, but we really, we do have the time, right? We have to think about, just like when people say, oh, I don't buy organic because organic is so expensive. Really? What about your doctor's bills? How expensive are those? What about, you know, costs for when you get really sick? What about that? right? So I'm sorry. I think on the front end, I might pay a little bit more for my organic products, but on the back end, I am saving hundreds. Just something to think about. All right, getting back to lifestyle changes. <laughs> so making these little shifts are going to help you. And so let's kind of regroup because I know I went off on some tangents and stuff. So number one is that we're realizing that it's going to be life changing or lifestyle change to have to do this for the, and that this is going to be for the rest of our life. See, I think that's the other thing. When we say diet, we're kind of like implicating that this is going to be for a period of time, right? Usually with a diet, it's, there's a start date and then there's like a goal or a finishing or an end date. But when you say you're making a lifestyle change, 
you might have that start date and then that's it because it's a lifestyle change. This is what you're doing for the rest of your life. Okay. Number two is to try to have fewer processed foods in your diet and to start eating more of a plant-based natural whole food diet. And I do want to touch on something because I know that there's a lot of these like plant-based meats coming out now, like the impossible burger and that kind of stuff. And I'm not talking, I'm not saying when I say that we should be having like a plant-based diet, I'm not talking about our meats. Our meats need to come from the actual like cow, lamb, chicken, turkey. We're not making, we're not making pretend meat. Like that's not, I'm not saying that at all, right? Like we're not going to go there either. So we want to eat real whole foods. Okay. That's my bit on that. I think the third thing that we need to think about um, is dieting has this thing called a cheat day, right? Well, where do we even get this mentality of, of a cheat day? Like, no, there's no cheating. Who are you cheating? We're not cheating anybody. <laughs> I mean, what kind of thinking is that? No, 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 please don't cheat. Don't give yourself a cheat. What we should do instead is you can say, I am going to give myself a carb day. Like call it what it is. If there's a day that you want to reintroduce carbohydrates, because like for me, I'm on keto, right? And then the the, um, the paleo diet or vegan diets, a lot of these are kind of like low carb diets, low carb foods that we're implementing into the lifestyle change. With that, you do want to have a day where you allow yourself to enjoy whatever you want carbohydrate wise, right? So if you, if you want to have that baked potato, have the baked potato instead of the sweet potato or instead of a different alternative. Um, you know, if you want to make the French fries, cook them in the coconut oil, but again, buy yourself a bag of potatoes and cut them up yourself. <laughs> You can use a mandolin and you can make them however thick or thin you want them to be, right? Like, like that's the point is you've got to be, you've got to see the food. You've got to be one with the food because <laughs> that's the way that it works. You know, it's instead, I know we want the easy. Um, so maybe easy could be that one day a week, you're going to prep all the food for your, for your week. And that way you don't have to go out and, you know, order out dinner and stuff like that, because that's another thing, right? We're, we're so busy. So we, even if we're trying to make healthy choices, going out and ordering from a restaurant or a fast food, fast food place, even though we might have the, the salad, we, we still don't know, you know, what's in the dressing, how many calories are in that dressing, or what are the ingredients in that dressing, that kind of stuff. You want to be in control. You need to be the one knowing how much sugar went into your dressing if there was sugar in the first place. And it's really not a great way to look at it or think about this. I mean, instead of saying cheating, if you are craving something, just go ahead and have it. Eat it without the guilt, without the shame. Because nine times out of 10, when you give your body what it's asking for, you're probably going to take like one or two bites of it 
and you can be done with it. But when you say that we're cheating or you give give it this level of, I don't know, intimacy or mm, doing something that goes against the grain, it's just there's that emotional buildup behind it. And that is actually what you need to get at instead of the actual food. Am I making sense? I would just say don't build up for a cheat day. Incorporate a carb day or incorporate a day where, you know, six days out of the week, I'm going to eat healthy. Eat fruits and vegetables, low glycemic fruits like strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, anything in the berry family, cherries, right? Those are raspberries. Those are great low glycemic fruits. And then vegetables, celery, cucumbers, you know, just things that are, again, low glycemic, meaning low sugar levels of fruits and veggies, uh, sweet potatoes, yams. These are going to be great. Cauliflower, your green leafy vegetables, any kind of lettuce, like the romaine, the green leaf, the spring mix, um, kale, you know, all of those things, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, broccoli, green beans, like those are the things that we want to focus on, right? And then if your body says it would like to have a bowl of ice cream, have the bowl of ice cream, but just one. There's no need to eat the whole tub of it in one setting, right? If you just make these little adjustments, I promise you, friend, that you are going to find that you're no longer dieting. You're just living your best life. And you know, I like to back things up with scripture. So I find it really interesting because if you think about it, the Bible is almost like a manual to help us guide our living here on earth. There are many verses that guide us on what we should and shouldn't eat. But the ones that really spoke to me were Leviticus 11 verses 1 through 47. I'm not going to read all of them, but I will read the first three verses. And they say this, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, These are the living things that you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth, whatever parts the hoof and is cloven-footed and choose the cud among the animals you may eat. And then he goes on to tell them which animals they shouldn't be eating and which birds and which fish, you know, which plants, all of it. He breaks it down for Moses and Aaron very clearly on what should or shouldn't be eaten. And then another um, scripture is Daniel one eleven through 15. This is when he goes to the king and he petitions the king to allow him and, and the um, Meshach and I forget the other Abednego for, to allow, I think it's three or four of them altogether. Anyway, to allow them to eat the way that they're used to eating, right? Which is the fruits and vegetables, basically. And, um, and then at the end of 10 days to check on, you know, him and his group, and then the the king's men, and see you know how their countenance is, and see how they fare. Right? There was even a book written about this, the Daniel, and it's called the Daniel Plan: Forty Days to a Healthier Life, written by Pastor Rick Warren, Doctor Daniel Amen, 
and the the other doctor is Dr. Mark Hyman. Both of these doctors are very well known for their teachings on the best way to eat. I have this book and have read it and reread it. I use the recipes from it. I believe that between switching to keto and then um, on my days where I incorporate carbohydrates, keeping it like that paleo vegan type lifestyle of the Daniel plan, that my life has been saved. And, and this is what has helped me to keep the weight off, which is another reason that I think we should say lifestyle change because dieting, like I said, implicates a start and a finish. And I'm never going to be finished with being on keto. It, this is how I'm going to have to live for the rest of my life, as long as I want to keep the weight off and continue to lose the weight. And I know that if I were to go back to the way I was eating when I was quote unquote dieting, I'd probably end up gaining all of the weight that I lost and probably some extra. And I'd probably be so sick and I would probably need like prescription meds. So I just say no thank you to all of that. I never want to go back to any of it ever, 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 ever. So what about you, listener? Are you dieting or are you going to be making a lifestyle change? If you are dieting, what are you trying? And is it really working for you? And if not, I challenge you to maybe try lifestyle, this lifestyle changing thing. If you do, or if you want to know more about how to start keto, please message me on Instagram and I'd be happy to share my tips with you and my journey. All right, friends, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Eat, Play, Laugh. Bye for now, friends. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Eat, Play, Laugh. With a plethora of self-care podcasts available, it brings me so much joy that you chose mine. And give yourself a pat on the back, friend. You've done your self-care for today. Need additional support? Head on over to Joyful Living. It's our Facebook support group. There you'll find additional self-care tips and the most encouraging community of like-minded self-care seekers. Feeling generous? Then please rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends and family. I really want to hear about your progress. So be sure to leave a comment and tell me about your journey. If there's a specific self-care topic that you'd like me to cover, then also feel free to direct message me at 4Messengers on Instagram. That's the number 4, M-E-S-S-E-N-G-R-S. Oh, and to catch me live on Thursdays or request to join the conversation, be sure to hit that heart and blue follow button. All right, friends. Bye for now.